What's up there, guys? Pete Mundo here of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks for checking out our radio show, flipping it into a podcast. Appreciate you joining us. Please leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and we will get you that free Heartland College Sports koozie to keep the beer cold all summer long. Just send me an email, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review on iTunes, and I'll get the koozie in the mail. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Enjoy the show. Well, we roll right along on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Let's welcome in a friend of the show. He is Brandon Lowe, Fox Sports Charlton, 9.50 a.m. Our show airs there. He does the afternoon show as well at 5 o'clock Eastern. He's joining us. Talk a little West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, first off, Brandon, news of the week. You guys got yourself a regional there for baseball. Uh, how rare is that and how exciting is that for the fan base? Oh, it's very exciting. And, Pete, thank you for having me back on the show. Uh, you know, speaking with Randy Maisie leading up to this point of the season, uh, he's been very high up on this ball club, especially his pitching. Of course, you know, Alec Manoa is a top 15 pick coming up in the next Major League Baseball draft. Uh, so that guy's going to make a lot of money. Uh, the things that they did there in the Big 12 uh, Baseball Championship in Oklahoma City was phenomenal, getting to the semifinals and then, you know, the fourth consecutive year, then getting to the championship for the second time since 2016. So this team has definitely been used to winning all season long. They've been in the top 25 in multiple polls. Uh, Baseball America and D1Baseball.com have been huge on them. Uh, I've spoken to most of their writers uh, leading up to this point, and it's just very exciting. I, I saw that they had to kind of hold on ticket sales right now, priority tickets for that matter, because they were having so many requests, and they're trying to process this. This is going to be a huge event for Morgantown. Uh, Randy Maisie called this a program-changing type of uh, situation, which I totally agree with. It's the first time since 1955. It's the second time in program history that this has happened. It's certainly an exciting time to be around West Virginia baseball. Well, let me ask you and just follow up on that, Brandon. I mean, uh, there's no doubt that when the Mountaineers went from the Big East to the Big 12, uh, they no longer were winning conference championships in sports like they had been, especially on the football side of things. But the money obviously is better. And look what it's done for the baseball program. I mean, getting them to that national level, being part of that national conversation uh, do Mountaineers fans still value this move, even if it's hurt them maybe on the championship front for some of the money sports? I think from a fan's perspective, you want championships. I mean, whether it's conference championships, a national championship, if you're lucky enough to accomplish that. Of course, you want to win a bunch of ball games, You want to win titles. But in the grand scheme of things, you put it uh, exactly uh, – you nailed it on the head there, Pete. Financially, from that perspective, as an athletic uh, department – Knowing that football all across the country funds all other, uh, you know, uh, athletics, um, of course you're going to make that move. Big East was a sinking ship, um, and now it's the American Athletic Conference, and they'll never play in a playoff ever. They'll play in a, you know, a group, uh, one of those New Year's Six Bowls. But, you know, you put yourself in a position at least to still be a player in the game when you talk about just football since we're on that. Um, you know, you've now put yourself – still in the game that you can still make a playoff if you can win a Big 12 championship. And we've seen this football squad even get really close to it. Of course, it, you know, it, it unfolded near the end of the season. But you know, now you've got baseball really doing a good job of bringing in a guy like Maisie from TCU, understands the blueprint, understands the conference, 
sort of like Holgerson when he first stepped in to take over, uh, you know, in the Big 12 and the transition there. He knew the Big 12, which was great for that transition. But, yeah, financially speaking, and as far as keeping yourself as a player in the game when you're talking about playoffs and national championships and postseason play, you may not be winning them right now, but this program is certainly moving in the right direction in all sports in the Big 12. Brandon Lowe, our guest, Fox Sports Charlton. Let's talk some football, Brandon. Uh, coming out of spring practice, what are the biggest storylines for this team and what's going to be Neil Brown's first season? I think really, I mean, he's already checked the box uh, for the most part with recruiting. As soon as he got the job, everybody wanted to know if he was able to recruit. I think you had me on your show. You asked me that question when he first got the job was, good Neil Brown recruit. Well, he's checked the box off. He's doing a great job, his staff, getting out there and getting some future classes. So that's checked off. Obviously, the big questions are going to be a quarterback. He brings in the Bowling Green transfer uh, because it, when you bring in a kid from, you know, uh, you bring in another quarterback, that tells me outside the fact that Austin Kendall came over from Oklahoma and you got some guys that have been inside the program uh, in quarterback. That tells me he's not very happy with his quarterback room. Obviously, Will Greer uh, off to the NFL, going to play with the Panthers. But uh, that's going to be the big question. You've got to have your quarterback. You know, coaching is a big thing, but you've got to have your quarterback, especially in a league like the Big 12. And, you know, wide receiver position, you lost a lot of production out of Sills and Gary Jennings. So who's going to be the next guy to step at wide receiver? Offense is going to be a big question. Defensively, schematically, it's going to be different. When you bring in a guy like Coning, who's just going to do kind of like a Bud Foster 4-2-5, you know, you're no longer – you may see some of the 3-3, but I doubt it. I mean, it may be mixed in on certain packages, but it's not now going to be, you know, your base for your, de uh, your defense. So, of course, people are more interested to see how this coaching staff is going to attack the Big 12 defensively and offensively. But the big question mark for me is offense, young guys stepping up. There are guys like Simmons. Uh, you know, Sims transferred out, so he was going to be a guy that was supposed to have a big year. So wide receiver is a big question as well. I think a lot of it goes to offense. You did lose some guys like David Long uh, on defense, which I think is just a phenomenal football player, and I think he has a bright future in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of different question marks as far as schematically and who's going to step up with some of those guys that left. But, man, that quarterback position, I keep thinking about who's going to play quarterback this fall. You know, Brandon, I wrote about it uh, this past week, which is a best-case, worst-case scenario for the Mountaineers. And, and uh, I, I look at it, you know, on the high end, if this team goes 8-4, and four, that's a massive success. If things really spiral, I think they're looking at 3-9 and nine because that non-conference is as tough as any team in the Big 12. you got the two Power 5 schools in Missouri and NC State, plus a really good FCS program in James Madison. Uh, what are realistic expectations? I know it's it's early. It's only uh, you know shortly after Memorial Day here. But what are fans looking at, and what are you looking at for realistic expectations this fall? I think this team, realistically, if the quarterback position is solidified, guys can grow into the positions. I understand that the non-conference portion of the schedule certainly is tough, uh, but I think this team certainly capable of being at least a bowl team. Yeah. Whether it's five wins, six teams, or six wins. I think a bowl season would be fine because I think they have enough talent, especially left over from Holgerson's recruiting classes. If there's one thing that Holgerson is staff doing a good job of, is the other, they recognize talent and be able to play in the Big 12. He didn't. He wasn't the best at grooming players. He wasn't the best at making, you know, uh, you know, change-ups or adjustments during a game. But he was. He was really good at finding talent to be able to at least compete there in the Big 12. And you still got a lot of talent left over, and I'm sure Brown will bring in more, but. You know, expectations, you know, I think you got to give a coach at least three years to even oh, yeah. establish 
type of foundation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, bowl, bowl season this year, I don't think it's out of the question, but I'm with you. If things kind of tumble down, don't be shocked if they do have a losing record. Yeah, and what, what's, what's been the, the word there on the ground about Neil Brown in general and how he differs from Dana Holgerson in terms of his presence on campus, handling with the media? How, how are these guys different? Well, I'll tell you right now, I didn't get Dane Holgerson the entire time he was in Morgantown since I've been doing my afternoon show. Wow. I've already got Neil Brown on my show. I'm sure you saw that, Pete. He hasn't even coached a game there in Morgantown. So if that tells you anything about how things have, have changed, I'm sure that might make a couple people shift in their chairs, as I say that, in certain positions here in the state. But, you know, I know uh, – Why do you, why do you think that is? I mean, Dana came across all, you know, uh, goofy Dana. What's that all about? Why do you think that is? I, I think that, uh, you know, certainly I think Dana, I know you said on my show that you thought he was a West Virginia guy, and I think in some sorts he was, but I think Dana comes off as this frat boy kind of, I know he was really hard uh, on some of the people up there as far as communications and, and media. So he wasn't the most liked guy, but was he respected for how he stepped in, which I think he should be. In a position, again, we just talked about that earlier, about his transition from the Big East to the Big 12. He was asked a lot. I mean, he was asked a lot of a guy with his first head coaching gig to come in to the Big 12 and take a program where it's located and recruit and win, at least be bowl eligible when you're at a school like West Virginia. And, and he definitely did a phenomenal job recruiting. He did a great job of bringing in a new media room and, and fixing up their facilities. He was, he was definitely good at trying to make it into a Big 12 school, but – you know, now I think as far as when you talk about a West Virginia type of guy, Neil Brown brings this sort of Bill Stewart, old shucks kind of, but business killer instinct, eye of the tiger type of Don Nealon kind of feels. So he's kind of a hybrid of both those guys. Kind of that so lunchbox think, mentality? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what really excites uh, the people about uh, Neil Brown. And I think the things he's able, obviously his, his resume speaks for itself. The things he did at Troy were phenomenal and uh, with the talent you can get there in Alabama. So, I mean, I, I think the guy right now, obviously we're in our honeymoon stages, so everybody's going to think the guy's yeah. a saint. The minute he loses a game, they're going to be after him just like they were with Holgerson or any coach that coaches there in Morgantown or any program for that matter in the country. So we just got to wait and see. It's a wait and see with Neil Brown. But I think it's a kind of a, a refresh, reset, hit, you know, hit that button. Okay, Holgerson, thank you for getting us through the transition and, Thank you for what you did there. So yeah. let's move on and, and move on with Neil Brown. Well, speaking of coaches in Morgantown, we're uh, speaking with Brandon Lowe, Fox Sports Charleston. Show airs there at 9.50 a.m. Uh, I want to ask you about the other coach, the other big name, of course, Bob Huggins. Tough year for the Mountaineers. Uh, news coming down this week. Sagaba Kanate, of course, is going to the uh, NBA draft for good. I think most West Virginia fans say good riddance. But, you know, the state of this program, there was some loud, I assume it was a loud minority that was kind of like over Bob Huggins, who I think is one of the uh, great basketball coaches in recent history. Uh, what is that relationship like? What is his interest? How long does he want to do this? He's not a young man. Uh, where are we with Bob Huggins and the Mountaineers? Well, with Huggins and his contract, if you've seen that recently, I think it was a year ago now, they, made, they readjusted to where he'd have – I can't, I can't remember how many years, but it was like three more years, and then he was going to go – it might be longer. Don't quote me on that. But then he was going to go more of a, you know administrative role with the uh, basketball program, whatever that means, uh, you know, bring in another coach on his staff, whatever, whoever hi is hired in. But as far as perspective of Huggins based off this season, I mean, it's Bob Huggins. You said it there at the end, one of the greatest coaches to do it. You know, uh, he's, what, third winningest active 
top 10 as far or top 15. I don't know where he's at at this point, but you know, he's won a bunch of ball games. He took West Virginia to the final four for the first time in 51 years, a couple of years back. He's recruiting at a high level uh, in West Virginia, a place that of course has a lot of history like Jerry West and hot rod Hunley and, you know, our days in the big East, but let's be honest, you know, what does help West Virginia and I know a lot of people don't talk about this, but West Virginia, where they're located on the map compared to the Big 12, any team in the Big 12, that bodes well if you're trying to recruit guys up north where basketball is extremely prevalent up in Jersey and New York. And, you know, he can grab guys from across the pond. I mean, the way Huggins kind of grabs and recruits, uh, you see the, the Sheepway kid coming in, you know, that kid's a monster. The way he's recruiting and be able to adjust the Big 12, but also kind of bring in his own flavor from the recruiting standpoint mm-hmm. is phenomenal. And I think there's no reason just because one bad season to just jump on this fire Huggins train or, you know, Huggins is washed up. How long can he do this? I think Huggins can do it as long as he wants. Um, and he's been great the entire time he's been back at his own at school there. Totally agree. He is Brandon Lowe, Fox Sports Charleston. Check him out um, every weekday at 5 o'clock Eastern. Brandon, great to have you on, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. And by the way, Pete, check out, uh, shout out to the new court as well. I forgot to mention that for the basketball program. That new court they're going to put in there looks phenomenal. And I think that's going to add also to recruiting and all kinds of stuff to come. So a nice refresh there for the basketball program. And Pete, appreciate you for having me, man. Anytime, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks to Brandon Lowe. Please do leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and we will get that Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail for you. Just email me a screenshot, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon.